Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun Football Podcast, sponsored by William Hill. I'm Derek McGregor. I'm joined by Kenny McDonald. Kenny, you well? Excellent. Radiant. Uh, we're now a second week into the winter break. Are you missing the top flight? Not particularly. No, I saw a very good championship game at the weekend. Morton against Dumbarton, which I thoroughly enjoyed. A lot of good football, a lot of passion on display, good goals, good players, great atmosphere and a wee bit of controversy as well. Thoroughly enjoyed being away from the Premiership for this weekend. Refreshing, would that be a, would that yeah, be a, a, yeah. a welcome? Yeah, getting the opportunity to see players that maybe don't often see and see managers that two managers alike, Jim Duffy and, and Stevie Aitken at Dumbarton, do a good job at both their clubs under difficult circumstances in their own ways. And no, I thoroughly enjoyed the game and quite refreshing to see a a few new faces. Stephen Aitken, Kenny is, you know, he's at the other, he's at the, you know, the bottom reaches of the league, but doing a very good job. He's that rarity, actually. He's a part-time football manager. Still has his day job at Rolls Royce. I think he's done a great job. I think he's a good manager. I think his team play good football, as you say. They're, you know, eighth in the league, just two points off the the playoff place at the bottom. But they play really good football, and he's got an eye for a player. I saw. Uh, the guy that scored for Dumbarton on uh, on Saturday, Andy Sterling, saw him playing last season for Stranraer, and I thought he was a decent player. And he was Dumbarton's best player on Saturday, scored their goal. Stevie Aiken has, has Dumbarton playing good football. I mean, they try and play out from the back. They're a little bit unlucky not to get a point at Capelo on Saturday. I mean, officially he's part-time, but is he one of these... One of these kind of lower league managers, Kenny, that's heart and soul. He actually, he, he probably puts in a lot more than what part-time suggests. Oh, I, I think that's, I mean, I think it's part-time in phrase only. And he's one of these guys that you, you just wonder if he got the opportunity to be a full-time manager at a bigger club, you know, how would he cope? Because it's clear he knows what he's doing. It's clear that he knows how to set a team up to play attractive football. And he's one of these guys you think would probably do okay if he had the opportunity. I was going to say, gut feeling, could he handle a bigger budget? No, I, I think so. Yeah. And he strikes me as a guy who, uh, speaking to him, not that I, I speak to him all that often or know him particularly well, but I'm always quite impressed when I speak to him. He speaks a lot of sense. He seems to understand the game. Very honest and very forthright. In fact, on Saturday after the game, I saw him having what looked like contract talks with Christian Nadi, who's at Dumbarton now on the park at Capolo. Without wishing to eavesdrop, I could hear a bit, a bit of the conversation. And he was certainly stating a very decent case for Nadi staying at Dumbarton in the foreseeable future. I mean, I suppose at that level and that kind of club with the greatest of respect, there's even more onus on the manager to get his recruitment spot on. Absolutely. But, you know, this is what I mean. that I think that Steve Aiken's a guy who has a very good knowledge of the lower leagues and leagues one and two, you know, he's obviously done a lot of scouting there, and that's where Adam Barton's players come from. But no, I mean, I think he, I think he certainly is the rudiments of a very good manager. Jim Duffy, obviously, Sunsport columnist, is someone who uh, you and I both think a lot of. You've known him a long time. How good a job has Duff done this season, Kenny? Well, I mean, if you if you he's look at standard. if you look at the uh, the team he has. They've no right to be where they are in the in the, in the championship table. I mean, to be 
to be third and to be just within touching distance of the big two at the top. I mean, it's a seven-point gap, but they've got a game in hand. I mean, his team has really been patched together. There were a lot of players missing on Saturday through injuries and suspension. He ended up with one striker who got injured after nine minutes. You know, he's done a terrific job. He's managed to get a couple of good loan signings in from Celtic in Nisbet and Lindsay who both played very well. I just think Jim Duffy's a good manager. I've always thought he's been a good manager at Dundee, Hibs, his time in England, short spell at Harps. You know, I just think he's a good manager. He understands the game. He knows how to set a team up. You can just tell, particularly one of the nice things about being at a ground like Capital, is you can hear everything the managers say, particularly if, uh, as is the case with both Jim and Stevie. Queen's English? They shout a lot. There's no debate in the message. But you can, you can tell from from Jim and Stevie as well you can tell from their shouts they know exactly what they want players to do and how they want them to to line up from that point of view games like Saturdays are, are very educational it's good to hear them I mean he, he loses Katongo several weeks ago you know the, the, the kind of star man the yeah. high profile player yeah. but he just keeps on getting the best out of what he's got and then using his contacts to, to, to bring others in yeah. meanwhile Morton remain top three top four you know well I mean to be honest with you at the start of the season when I looked at Morton's squad I thought this might be a tough season for them. When you looked at likes of Hibs and Dundee United, Dunfermline are a big club, St Mirren, nobody could have predicted the catastrophic season they've had. Falkirk, very well-managed club. So I thought this might be a difficult season for Morton, but he's exceeded expectations again. He's done a, done a terrific job. Because of the winter break, Kenny, we've, we've all gone to championship games at the weekend. And, you know, I must admit, like you, I find it's a nice change. You're seeing different players. You're educating yourself in players that normally you'd only read about. I was at Wraith Falkirk. Terrific game. A lot of people think the championship is actually a better league than the, the premiership. Yeah. You, you concur with that? Would yeah. you agree with that? Yeah. I don't think there's very much at all between... The top four or five clubs in the championship and the bottom four or five or the bottom six in the premiership, I think there's a lot of quality. I think even, as I say, Dumbarton are eighth in the league. Their players surprised me on Saturday. There was a few decent players in their team, a couple of good midfielders. I like the boy Robert Thompson, who played wide up front on Saturday. I know he had a good goal-scoring record when he was at Brechin, but uh, I, like, I like him. I think he's got a good touch. A little bit unlucky because they lost their goalkeeper early in the first half so they had to do a little bit of a reshuffle I quite enjoyed the game and I'm looking at another championship game this weekend and I'm looking forward to it I mean I, th- I think consistently the championship's a good league and I qualify what I previously said there I mean in terms of competitiveness I think as you stated as well generally there's a tightness between all the teams so by and large every game means something I mean we look at Hibernian and Dundee United almost a 20,000 crowd at Easter Road on Friday night Yeah, remarkable and had that game been in the cha- in the Premiership, Hibs against Dundee United on a Friday night, I would suggest that it wouldn't get anything like almost 19,000 people. I think it just shows that if there's something to be played for, if there's something that the clubs have you know, in their sights, that the supporters will turn out. By all accounts, a pretty comprehensive win for Neil Lennon's team on Friday. Hibs were terrific, Kenny, and the signing of Chris Humphrey looks inspired. They look very balanced now. Martin Boyle on one side, Humphrey on the other, they've got pace... They've got power in the centre of the midfield. I mean, the squad that Neil Lennon's put together is is impressive. Yeah, I, I think Chris Commons is a great signing for them. I mean, I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm a big admirer of Chris Commons. I think he's a, a bit of an underrated player. I understand why he doesn't play for Celtic, but he's more than good enough for to play for the vast majority of other teams in the Scottish Premiership. I, I would expect him to be a big, big player, along with, as you say, Chris Humphrey towards the end of the season, perhaps. I think Ray McKinnon has, has, has done really well for Dundee United as well and, and 
okay, it was a bad loss for them, but they're still within it. You know, they're still going for the title, but Ray must have glanced at Neil Lennon's subs bench and thought, yeah. seriously yeah. envious. Andrew Shinney, uh, Brian Graham, James Keatings, Grant Hall, yeah. John McGinn to come off. Well, I mean, Grant, Grant Hall was the one that gets me, a guy that was playing not so all that long ago in the English <laughs> Premiership, and now he's sitting on the bench in the Scottish Championship. But, you know, a guy that understands the game, can get you a goal. As you say, John McGinn is another Scotland international. So I mean, he's got a, he's got an embarrassment of riches, Neil Lennon. But you know, it's one thing having that; it's another thing making it uh, work for you. And at the moment, he is. I mean, there are those that feel that kind of level of squad mean that Neil Lennon has got no excuses. I mean, is it a bit more to it than that, or do they have to go up? Oh, no, squad? I, th- I think they have to go up. I mean, I, th- I think the club have have backed him in practically everything that he's asked for. You know, I don't think there's been anything more that could be done in terms of recruitment and bringing players in, they've worked for him. I mean, Chris Humphrey was a player I saw a lot of at Motherwell. He could be indifferent, but he could be a match winner on his day. It sounds as though on, on Friday night he's been in match-winning mode, but that will have that consistency will have to be uh, that will have to be evident between now and the end of the season. I know neither you nor I will write off Dundee United. However, do you think that the, the win on Friday night for Hibs in the manner of it will prove telling do you see them stretching away now do you moving away now not necessarily no I think Ray McKinnon has done a good job at Tannadice you know four points isn't all that much Hibs kind of a hiccup you know because Hibs got to Dumbarton this Saturday and that's Dundee United lost yeah. there recently yeah you know and, and I think Hibs dro- I think Alan Stubbs side lost there last season you know yep. it's, it's um, you know a difficult place to go at the best of times no I don't think four points certainly isn't insurmountable in the championship I think there'll be twists and turns and I think I think Ray McKinnon's a decent manager I think he's doing well he's uh, put together a decent squad no I think it'll go at the end you can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport <laughs> We are, of course, you know, in the heart of the transfer window, Kenny, and the old firm, actually enough, are stocking up for the return. They're trying to beef up their squads. What have you thought so far of the moves by Celtic and Rangers? I think they've been, as far as Rangers' moves are concerned, have, have been concerned, I think they've been pretty much as expected. Mark Warburton's been saying for quite some time now that the loan market would be the one that he would be he would be looking at. He's brought in guys that he's aware of from down south. So I don't think there's... I mean, they may not be the best-known players to a Scottish market, but it's one that he knows. Emerson Hyndman only made his first start for Bournemouth on Saturday in the FA Cup at, at Millwall. He has a good pedigree. He's an American international, albeit only a couple of caps. American under-20 captain. So he clearly has something that Warburton has seen. John Terrell has a decent pedigree. You know, you, you don't sign for Arsenal if you don't have some kind of of quality. He's been at Granada in Spain on on loan. Celtics, as you would imagine, has been at a slightly uh, you know if Rangers have been bargain hunting, Celtics has been at a slightly uh, higher quality of establishment. I think they're, sign, they're signing they're signing a guy who's been playing in the Europa League, you know, so Aye. in Ebuy, so you know you would assume that he's going to be a, a better quality and more rounded player. I think Kwasi Abui, if my pronunciation is right and the chances are it's not. Nineteen coming in for just under three million pounds. Clearly there's a potential, but I think maybe Celtic fans were expecting a, a an immediate strike in the transfer market for someone more established. I think that's a fair or point. Could be to come maybe. Yeah, yeah, but we're only a week into the transfer window. I mean, I would imagine Celtic will do more business. The, the kind of puzzle 
as regards uh, Ibui, and I, I bow to your superior uh, <laughs> pronunciation of him, is that he's only he's played under twenty games in the Russian league mm. for Krasnodar. So, you know, either Celtic have got in on the ground floor in this one and seen something they like, you know, as regards potential. They've obviously done their scouting well because, you know, this is basically his first full season in the Krasnodar team. And the Russian league is a de- very decent standard league, so if he's playing regularly in it, you have to assume that uh, he can bring something to the party. But again, as as is always the case with January transfers, time will tell. I mean, just going back to the business that Rangers are doing, you know, Heinemann and Taral. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, Mark Warburton, to be fair to him, has indicated the level of kind of contact he can turn to. He's, he's clearly persuaded Arsene Wenger that Taral can do well up here in mm. Scotland. But then he's also persuaded Eddie Howe to send up one of his bright uh, young talents, having used the boy in the FA Cup defeat at Millwall on Saturday. So does that kind of show you that Warburton does indeed have a contact book he can utilise? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I, I think, you know, this, he's been down this road before with Arsenal, with uh, Gideon Zelalem, mm-hmm. who came up on, on loan last season. Dominic Ball, Spurs. Dominic Ball from Spurs. Zelalem was a kind of, a, I thought, a bit hit and miss. He struck me as slightly although a decent footballer is maybe slightly too frail mm-hmm. for the kind of hurly-burly of Scottish football but perhaps that's what Arsene Wenger wants for younger players to go and experience uh, a more physical approach that they wouldn't be getting in the under-20s at Arsenal so perhaps that's the thing behind it although I think Taral strikes me as a, as a more physical type certainly if he's been playing first-team football in La Liga he'll be a bit more streetwise than Zalalem was do you get a sense, without Warburton actually stating as such, do you get a sense that he would be frustrated that he's maybe not in a position to spend money on permanent signing? Not the slightest doubt about that. Not the slightest doubt. I mean, they'd, if you remember, they had such difficulty cobbling together the money to buy Michael O'Halloran from St Johnston. You know, and it would be, it's evident that were they to have identified somebody who was going to cost reasonable money they would have the exact same problems because the finances don't seem to be there to pay a transfer fee or decent wages for you know for incoming players. So I'm sure that's a, although although he toes the party line and says that he's quite happy to use the market that he knows very well. I'm sure that's a source of immense frustration to the Rangers manager. You would imagine he would have been looking to kick on and, and build for next season, look ahead as well to next season. But here he is with two players, however talented they are, that, let's be honest, they're going to be returning to their clubs in summer. Short-term. Short-term fixes. Yeah, and as you say, I mean, there's no way 
that he can look ahead and say, well, we've got a player for, you know, 18 months. You know, we know he's going to be with us during next season. You know, it, it can't work that way. And and that must be the frustration for him because he knows that even if either of these two players come in and do outstandingly well, then in the summer he's going to have to do the whole process all over again. And, of course, the uh, the silence the silence from the Rangers chairman, Dave King, is deafening. Well, I mean, this has been this has become a kind of standing joke that uh, you know he comes over once or twice a year, talks the talk, and that's the last we hear of it. You know, there's no evidence that he is willing to put any money into it. There's no evidence that he's willing to back his manager for finances. It's a difficult situation that Mark Warburton's in because I'm sure Mark Warburton has his own thoughts on the manner in which he's being supported by Dave King, but he's not he's not making his thoughts public on that. Do you have a sympathy as such with the Rangers manager because Absolutely. of that? Because he's the only one that's been, he's the only one that's getting having to answer the, the, the obviously the questions. Absolutely, absolutely, because he's he's not being backed in the proper manner. As Celtic disappear over the horizon, the chairman of Rangers should be saying to his manager, "I'm going to back you. You know, here is a level of finance that will allow you to be reasonably competitive in your domestic market." He's not doing that at the moment, so he's. He's shortchanging Mark Warburton in every sense of the phrase. The absence of that backing, does that tell you, A, it's not there, or B, should Warburton actually be worried? Is there a, a bit, bit of both maybe in it? A bit of both. A bit of both. I, I have my doubts as to whether it's there in the first place mm. because we've never seen any evidence of it. I go back to the shambolic situation when they were trying to cobble together 500000 to buy Michael O'Halloran from St Johnston. Mm. You know, if there was the level of finance that Dave King says is available there, why haven't we seen it? From Dave King's point of view, is she possibly looking at the disaster that was Joey Barton, the expensive disaster, Joe Garner, 1.8 million, O'Halloran, could he possibly look at that thinking, I'm not so sure I want to throw money with the does, manager? Does, that may be an element to it. He might be having second thoughts about whether his manager can be trusted with finance. You know, Joey Barton is, has become a real rod for Mark Warburton's back. He was his big signing and it didn't work out. It exploded in his face in spectacular fashion. But he's still the manager of Rangers and he should still be getting better support from his chairman than he's getting at the moment. Of course, elsewhere in the transfer uh, market in Scotland, Kenny, it's just like tumbleweed. It's, can we really be surprised by that? No, I don't think so. I mean, as, as you say, it's a very stagnant market. I, I think that's particularly true in January. You get players moving about at the lower, the lower uh, levels of the of the, the, the domestic game but I don't expect there to be any great movement I just think clubs at this time of year you know they have an idea of their best team and unless they're struggling badly I mean I think St Murn will do a lot for instance because what Jack Ross has clearly is causing them a problem and is going to get them relegated unless he does major surgery on it in the next few weeks Yeah. but you know in the, in the Premiership you know, there's nobody becoming detached there's nobody who's who you would say, well, they need two or three new players just to bolster things. Kilmarnock will always bring in new players. I think they're hopefully bringing in some players from Newcastle, some young players this week. But, I mean, there's there's nobody other than St Mum that I look at and think they need a, a squad that needs replenished. Shell, I look at Hearts. Uh, if, you, if we're looking out with the old firm, I look at Hearts. Particularly intriguing moves. They're trying to get Naomi again in a pre-contract. But, you know, we understand that Aaron Hughes has now arrived at Tynecastle. There's every chance of a short-term deal. Aaron Hughes, I think 37, 38. Ian Cathro, 29. Is that a move that surprises you? Or do you think that could be a shrewd mm, signing? Not particularly. It didn't surprise me particularly. There is the Austin McPhee connection at Hearts. 
so he'll know Aaron Hughes from the Northern Ireland connection, uh, or Northern Ireland Association, I should say. I think that I think what you're seeing there is just a new coach putting his own stamp on his squad. There's one or two already looking as though they'll be leaving, like Oztuck. I suspect that there might be one or two at Hearts who come and go, just simply because when a new manager takes over, they always like to get one or two of their own in. Of course, the two Hendley, you know, you, you quite rightly mentioned Austin McPhee in terms of Aaron Hughes and, and Niall McGinn, so... Clearly, Austin McPhee isn't just there as a yes man for Ian Cathro. He's he is genuinely having a big influence there. No, no, I think that was when he was involved with Northern Ireland and will continue to be involved with Northern Ireland under his his Harps deal. His big thing was player liaison between Michael O'Neill, Jimmy Nicol, and the squad. I mean, he was the one. He was the go-to guy. He was the one that did all the performance analysis, gave the players their DVDs with details of their opponents. So. He's obviously forged a good relationship with a lot of the international players and players that have been around the Northern Ireland national team. So that can only benefit Hearts if they want to bring one or two of them to Tynecastle. Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. The headlines today, Kenny, are also dominated by the Celtic captain Scott Brown and in particular the decision he has to make in terms of does he carry on with Scotland? Or does he now officially call it quits? It's a hard one to read in terms of what ultimately his final decision will be. What do you make of Brown's on-off kind of situation with Scotland at the moment? As you say, we're not in Dubai where Celtic are having their, their midwinter break. The guys who were there interviewing Scott Brown yesterday will maybe have a better idea in terms of body language and so on. Personally, I, I don't think he'll come back to Scotland. I understand his reasons because it can't be coincidental that his best form in two or three seasons has coincided with him not being involved with the national team. I don't think he should have come back for the England game. I think that sent out the wrong message. I think if he had been enthusiastic about it was one thing. I don't think the manager should have agreed to it because I don't think I think it's wrong. Players will say it's good to have one of our best players back in the squad and he brings a lot to the dressing room and he's a good motivator and he's X, Y and Z. I think that's fine if he comes back and says, I'm back for the foreseeable future. But leaving it hanging the way he did and the way Gordon Strachan did, that we'll think about it after the England game, sent out the wrong message because players would not unnaturally think, well, is he coming or is he going or is he staying? You know, what's going to happen? I think that was wrong. I think he either came on and said, I'll play till the end of the qualifying campaign or Gordon Strachan said, thanks, but it has to be done that way. Gordon Strachan let it, let it go with Scott Brown making that decision. I, think, I don't think that was the right way to handle it. Do you think he's devalued the Scotland jersey, a Scotland cap? I don't think he's devalued it, but I, think, I just think better management would have handled it differently. I just don't think it should have been left to the, the captain, albeit Gordon Strachan and Scott Brown have a terrific relationship, and I fully respect that. But I, I think the manager had to be tough there and say, Either you come back for all the qualifiers mm. or you don't come back at all. I mean, clearly, Scott Brown is torn because he's got a lot of loyalty to Gordon Strachan. He's got immense respect for him. But then Brendan Rodgers, you know, he clearly thinks a great deal of Brendan Rodgers and what he's doing at Celtic. But, I mean, you certainly can't imagine Brendan Rodgers is going to want him carrying on for Scotland. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, club managers down through the years. I mean, I can remember Richard Goff when he was at Rangers under Graham Souness. Graham Souness, who let's not forget was a former Scotland captain had a concerted behind the scenes campaign to get Richard Goff to stop playing for Scotland ultimately a successful one so now Brendan Rodgers won't want Scott Brown going away to play for 
Scotland in what are going to be effectively meaningless internationals, mm. particularly not with the way Scott Brown has started the season. So, no, I, I just, it sticks in my throat a bit. I, I feel a wee bit for Scott Brown because I can understand he sees the Scotland team struggling. He thinks he could do a little bit to help. He volunteers to come back, but I think that's when the manager should have said, well, it has to be done in my terms, not in yours. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. Kenny, just finally, can I ask you, one of our managers achieved a particularly notable result yesterday, Derek Adams, Plymouth, go to Anfield, get a 0-0 draw in the FA Cup. Now, admittedly, Liverpool was an unrecognisable start in eleven. Indeed, I think it was their youngest ever side in the club's history. But how big a result was that for, for Derek Adams at Plymouth to go and get? Well, let's put ourselves in the position of being a Plymouth supporter this morning. <laughs> I mean, how would you feel a Plymouth supporter going to your work in Plymouth <laughs> after having seen, whether you've been at the game or not, whether you've just watched it on TV, the only other team this season to go to Anfield and keep a clean sheet are Manchester United. <laughs> Doesn't matter how Plymouth did it. Didn't matter. Doesn't matter that Liverpool had eighteen corners and Plymouth had none. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous result, you know. And what a game it sets up in the replay. You know, Liverpool fans will travel. Absolutely terrific. I feel sorry for Gary Miller, the Scots lad, who got stretchered off. I know he got a fabulous ovation from the cop. Typically, when uh, he gets stretchered off, you know, I hope he's fit for the replay. But uh, no, as far as Derek Adams is concerned, second in the in League 2 fabulous result absolutely great weekend Kenny as always excellent analysis and opinion thank you very much indeed pleasure Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.